and welcome to Searching the Catalog, a podcast brought to you by the Queen Anne's County Library. I'm Jasmine. And I'm Derek. And we are your hosts. A couple new things to start with. As you may or may not have been aware, uh, the Kent Island branch has been under construction for quite some time now, and it still is, uh, but the new expanded side of our building is now complete. Derek and I have moved from recording in the old kitchen, um, and now we are recording in one of the new study rooms here in the new, new side of the building. Luxurious and fancy. Yeah. Time will tell how good the audio quality is. <laughs> so fingers crossed for Hayden that this works well. Uh, the second new item to discuss is a slight change in our format. Beforehand, we were choosing themes of gardening and cooking and dinosaurs and finding books that fit that theme, and it worked. Um, but we wanted to change it up a little, so now every month Derek and I will choose a genre and find books that are older, unique, or might just have been missed that fall under that genre. I read at least one adult fiction and one adult nonfiction book. I read a picture book, a juvenile book, and a young adult novel. Yep. And for this month's genre, we chose Westerns. Westerns. So how'd it go? What'd you find? Um, well, I found that... I found... <laughs> I found out that the West, um, during the gold rush, was rough. Um, me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, who would have thought that uh, just traveling west with uh, very little supplies and uh, trying to eke out a living would be so hard? Uh, it's kind of like really puts into perspective those ambitions of like, oh yeah, I could I could survive just like you know without anything. Roughing could, it. Yeah, I could go homestead. No, I cannot. <laughs> um, however, uh, my first story uh, is Thunder Rose. Uh, it's a picture book, and. That was a little more lighthearted. Mm -hmm. uh, the author is a Jaredine Nolene, and it was illustrated by Kadir Nelson. Um, when you open it up, it actually starts with the author note, and she mentioned that she wanted to create a story that would add to the um, canon of American folklore with a character who was bold and brave and adventurous in spirit, who um, represented the slaves who left behind their uh, life for the um, adventure and the possibilities in the West uh, after emancipation. Mm -hmm. So when we first open up the book, we open to a scene of a dark and stormy night as a narrator introduces us to our protagonist's parents, Jack and Millicent Magruder. And so it's just like a tiny little um, illustration on the first page, but as you continue on, all the illustrations are pretty much uh, filling up both of the pages. Mm -hmm. I really like that because, like, you know, I mean, I want I want my pictures to fill the page. You don't like words? <laughs> Reading is hard. Mm -hmm. um, this is definitely a picture book that includes, it's a little more word-heavy, I would say, mm -hmm. um, but uh, it's definitely enjoyable. And so the second image that we open with is we see this little child who has now wrangled some lightning, it looks like, and we find out that that is actually our precocious uh, character who is, chooses her own name. She, 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 <laughs> she looks at her parents and she says, I am right partial to the name Rose. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's where, like, you know, like the whole, like, uh, strength and mystery of, like, the American tall tale and folklore really starts. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's it pretty much instantly had grabbed me. Um, and then so we just progressed uh, following Rose through her life. And she has all these incredible powers and feats. Uh, her mother's milk is not enough to satisfy her. So at one point, she turns to drinking straight from the cow, mm -hmm. uh, which she's able to lift herself. And, um, yeah, it's just you, you learn about this little girl growing up on the West. Uh, this illustration right here is actually one of my favorites that I wanted to share with you. 
And she's wrestling bulls. She is wrestling bulls because she's so strong. She was able to stop a stampede by herself. Mm -hmm. And um, just talking about the art style, I really enjoyed how dynamic it was. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) uh, so I was wondering if you happen to recognize the name Thomas Hart Benton. He was uh, an American artist. Mm -hmm. He did uh, interpretation of Hercules uh, and uh, what is it? Achilles. Mm -hmm. And so it looks like this. And so this page of art made me think of this. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you agree? Do I agree? Do you see any similarities in these two pieces of art? I can see it. Okay. Okay. I just was curious because I thought you might say no. I thought you were just going to say like, oh, you know, it's just two people wrangling bulls. But yeah, no, I don't know. That's a subject I really like, and I thought the art was really good, and uh, it's just it's just really amazing. Great caliber. Uh, I'd recommend this book for uh, anyone who's looking for a nice, inspiring tale uh, to read to their children. Nice. When was it written? Is it an older book or is it a new one? No, this is definitely more recent, but I don't know the exact... uh, 2003. Okay, so it's not. It's just a very recent copy that I have right here. A very nice copy. Yes, yes. I was going to say, because it it looks to me like, um, kind of like the the books that we would read back when we were younger. Uh Back in the day. (laughs) Back Um, in the 2000s. Yes. um, the, The art style. Um, is something that looks very familiar to me and that I like, you know, like sort of a, you know, the, the Black Eyed Susan or the Caldecott metal yeah. kind of kind of look. And um, there's a lot of good use of perspective in it and everything like that. Um, very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it also did win the uh, Coretta Scott King Award for uh, Peaceful, Nonviolent Social Change and Brotherhood. Nice. So it is an award-winning book. It is an award-winning book. So, yes, Read Thunder Rose by Geraldine Nolene. What you got for us? Okay, so I'm going to start with my fiction choice for this month, which I read How Much of These Hills is Gold by C. Pam Jang, um, which I've actually been meaning to like look at for a little while because I was very attracted to the cover. It's a nice cover. I, I, I want to buy it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a nice cover. Um, and this is a historical fiction novel set during the waning days of the California Gold Rush. Um, we follow siblings Lucy and Sam, two young Chinese American um, siblings, whose coal miner father has just died. Their mother is already dead. Um, they are now alone, and in the first chapter, they go to the bank to try and find two silver dollars to bury him properly. You know, to like put over mm-hmm. guys, um, and they're refused and demeaned by the bank teller. Mm-hmm. Um, so it goes. If you are a young Chinese American in the waning days of the California Gold Rush. Um, so Sam shoots him. Oh. Um, the gun misfires. <laughs> so, um, and they, they steal the money and they go on the lamb to transport their father's body to a place to bury and escape any uh, p- potential recrimination for what they've done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the story is told from Lucy's perspective, um, at least at first, and it alternates between the present with her and Sam trying to figure out what to do and how they're at odds with each other. Um, in their early childhood with their mother, or when their mother was still alive and how they got to where um, they are now. Um, it's hard novel to get through, um, but I like the book, so let me, let okay, me, let me say that from the outset. This, this is one of those, we, we said at the beginning, life, life was hard in the American West, and I think that's, we, we had some, um, these aren't like the buckwild, rambunctious, adventurous um, yes. fiction novels we, we really found this time around. 
But this was a good book. It's it's just not a, a happy book. It's very grim. It's mournful. Um, there was chi some child abuse. Um, by the time of the story, Lucy's father was a mean alcoholic and very cruel to her. And there's also just racism everywhere. Mm -hmm. Again, as 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 just was if you were Chinese and yeah. Chinese or Chinese American and you know the u.s at any point well i mean that's past. about the time of the chinese exclusion act yes. all that kind of stuff yes yeah. that's it um so repeatedly this family's taken advantage of they're condescended insulted mistreated and it takes place over lucy and sam's childhood to their young adulthood basically um and does not get much better because to be a non-white person in the united states at this time was horrible mm. like mm -hmm. it's not a good time um so how much of these hills is gold is beautifully written um, but it's not by any means a happy story. It's a unique take on a Western during a time period that I don't think gets a lot of attention. Um, and it has a very fantastical kind of element to it, oh. which is fun. Um, it reads somewhat like a fairy tale. Mm. Um, so if that, any of that sounds like that might interest you, I'd say give it a try. I think I would give it a go. Between the cover and also some fantastical elements that I'm hearing about, mm -hmm. I don't know. You, you are um, easily enticed by fantastical elements. Uh, yes, yes, I, I am. Um, speaking of Chinese uh, people living in America, mm -hmm. uh, my next story is The Journal of Wong Ming Chung, a Chinese Miner, by Lawrence Yep. And he actually originates from China. So like we, uh, in the story, we, we start off in China with him. It is uh, currently in, we are in currently the um, era of prosperity for all. And Wang is fortunate, Wong, sorry, is fortunate enough to be able to go to school and uh, grow when they're not growing rice. Uh, so um, Wong lives with his family. Uh, it's his older brother, his mom, dad, and his uncle within their household. Mm -hmm. They uh, farm three plots of land, and they are they're, they're peasants. Mm -hmm. But as I mentioned, he is able to attend school, so he's able to learn how to read and write, which is a pretty novel thing for people who are poor and farmers in China at that time. Um, and they're talking about the Gold Mountain a lot. Mm -hmm. The Golden Mountain is Chi uh, California. Mm -hmm. I'm mixing up all my words today. And so uh, the uncle, who is the eldest uh, son in the family, decides that he's going to go to America to try and strike it rich. He's going to look for the, the nuggets of gold that are so big they're the size of a melon. Mm -hmm. um, and so Wong hears all about this, and he's getting very excited. His uncle then leaves for the journey, which takes multiple months because, you know, you got to go all the way across the Pacific. And first you had to even make it from southern China to a place, a port city of some sort, Shanghai or something like that. Eventually, his uncle does make it and starts sending back remittances. And so they, you get to see what life is like for a peasant farmer. And then you also get to see what life is like for someone who's a little more affluent in China at that time. But that doesn't last very long for Wong. Uh, his uncle sends back word that he wants his older brother to go over to America to help him out. Mm -hmm. But his parents are like, mm, no, he's staying. We're sending you, Wong. Mm -hmm. And so Wong gets sent. And the thing is, is like, he's the smaller one. And so he's like, I don't understand why they're sending me, but they're sending me. Um, it might work a little bit more conveniently for the author because he's the one who can read and write, whereas his brother can't. Mm -hmm. So uh, what we're reading is, as I mentioned, the Journal of Wong Ming Chung. Uh, he, he's the one who has written all of this adventures. Once in America, they encounter racism everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, 
one of the things that was introduced later on in the gold rush was that if you were not an American, you had to pay, you know, extra taxes for your, uh, claim. And so at one point there's a person who comes from uh, the nearby town to collect taxes. But fortunately one of his friends who's white is actually there with him at the time and realizes that he's not even actually the real tax collector. He's just someone who came to take advantage of them because they didn't speak English very well. And he knew that he could, you know, say like, oh yeah, I'm the tax collector and steal their money. Uh, so they face racism as, as your characters did. Um, but... Wong is endowed with incredible wisdom um, and takes it all very graciously with the help of his uncle, um, which I thought was pretty impressive. They're definitely very uh, nonviolent and pacifistic. And towards the end of the novel, there's like a lot of meditation on his experience, like, you know, the racism he's encountered, but also all these good friends that he keeps me making along the way, which really helped enable him to, uh, I guess, stay sane and uh, have a decent time. And so I just want to read these like few lines from uh, towards the end of the book where I think he's particularly poetic. Mm -hmm. And so he says, <clears throat> It's strange how things get turned backward on the Golden Mountain. Like the song stroke, like the writing, like my feelings. <laughs> I'm tearing up because I thought that was so beautiful and well put. Because he's talking about how in China... The saws are different. Mm -hmm. they, they saw with a pulling stroke versus a pushing stroke like we do. And like their saws were traditionally set up in the U.S. Writing system is clearly backwards uh, in China versus uh, the U.S. And then like his feelings because he's talking about like, uh, you know, all, all the tumult he experiences basically. But um, yeah. And then there's only one other little quote that I want to bring up. Mm -hmm. uh, he mentions that apparently the he doesn't want to go back to China and be rich. He wants to be rich and in America. Because he says, uh, in China, you can't even scratch when you itch if you're a rich person. And so he's like, that doesn't sound like freedom to me. Um, so yeah, if you are looking for a book that offers the perspective of a young Chinese person in the uh, gold rush, I would highly recommend the journal of Wang Ming Chung. It's also, I don't know, very elucidating in general in terms of like, just expanding horizons I previously had not expanded. Like, I had no idea that the Chinese calendar used to be organized in such a way that um, the number of years, a number of days within the year, could expand and contract. Mm -hmm. And so, like, you know, he was just talking about, like, all the differences in the systems between the, the West and the East. So it was, it was really fascinating. I'm looking at this now, because this is an older book, too, because this is one of the... This is a Dear America, part of the Dear America series. Oh, yes, yeah, so yeah. I didn't mean to mention that. Yeah. Which, I think... Dear America, because they had this, I know I talked about this beforehand because I couldn't remember the names, but I think the My Name America is like the ones with the, with the boy characters and then like uh, Dear America, I think with the girls. Yeah. So they have, um, in the back, I was just looking to see if they had the same thing, but they had, they have the little, the little historical background. Yes. And yes. And Lawrence, uh, yep. Did a lot of research into this and he actually has a few other books that he's published uh, that are historically um, that are set in historical settings yeah so highly recommended uh, very much enjoyed it you probably won't cry like I did <laughs> you just you just like the story so much I know okay I'm gonna move on to 
my nonfiction choice, my first nonfiction choice, I have two. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to start with the one that I've been particularly excited to talk about. Um, so I've read Desperate Passage, The Donner Party's Perilous Journey West by Ethan Rarick. Like the title says, this book is, is an investigation into the Donner Party, but the reason why I'm excited is because Derek actually knows next to nothing about the Donner Party. Absolutely nothing. Except that there was some cannibalism. Yes, um, yes. And our listeners might not know either, so I'll expand upon the subject a little bit. Um, and so I was correct, Derek. That was That's all you know about the Donner Party. Yeah, because I thought they were the ones who crashed on the mountain and had to eat each other. That was in, I think that was in the 70s. Yeah, and like in South America or something? Yeah, that was a soccer team or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the only reason I know that is because every time, this makes it seem like the subject gets brought up a lot, every time cannibalism gets brought up in my household, my dad will mention that soccer team and be like, yeah, they crashed on the mountain and ate each other. They're pardoned. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody, nobody was like, yeah, how are you going to, they crashed on the mountain. Yeah. What are you going to do? But anyway, the Donner Party. Um, anyway, the Donner Party. More um, family-friendly subjects on searching the catalog today. Um, so the Donner Party is the name given to the wagon train of 81 people who were traveling to California mm. in 1846. There are many families involved, and they're introduced in the book. But the two main families that you read about were the Donners and the Reeds, mm. um, with George Donner being the elected leader, uh, and um, James Reed being sort of the actual leader hmm. with the actual skill set um so donner party that's <laughs> anyways for many reasons they ended up taking a shortcut called hastings cutoff which as they found had never actually been traversed um because hastings never actually went through it oh. um and because of the season they they ended up going late they had it they had um uh you know they, they were kind of lagging behind uh-huh. in the um traveling season they ended up getting stranded in the Sierra Nevada during the winter. Oh, wow. Which led to the cannibalism, which, yeah. you, which you knew about. Yes, yes, yes. 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 Um, very big smile on Derek's face. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I had known vaguely of the Donner Party. I knew a little more than Derek. Um, in reading this book, it's a, it's a pretty good book. Hmm. Uh, that's why I'm recommending it. Um, I think it's a good starting point if you're interested in the topic. Um, Rarick does a good job introducing the cast of characters, as well as the historical context for which everything is taking place. Um, you get a pretty get a pretty concrete, you know, good story there. It's it's basically like I don't want to say exactly like true crime, kind of like he took investigative journalism, like in one of those big books that you see, and just sort of wrote a historical. Mm-hmm. Um, Nonfiction book based on it. Um, yeah, so it's enjoyable. Were you pleased with his sources? Yeah, yeah. he used a lot of primary. I mean, because a lot of the survivors of the Donner Party um, like wrote tell-alls and stuff. And, yeah, yeah, um, I, I and, probably would too. <laughs> yeah, and there were people even during the uh, you know they they also kept diaries and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, yeah, that's the thing people that, used to do. Yeah, people people used to keep people used to just write things. Um, yeah, so it's a good book. Um, definitely 
another hard one to kind of get through at some point because very depressing. Um, it is called Desperate Passage. Yes. So I'm realizing now that, <laughs> that two out of three books that I read for um, our recording today are, are pretty uh, pretty grim. Pretty heavy. Yeah. Heavy subjects. Um, but so it goes back in the American West. That's just our... 100%. That's just our phrase for today. Um, yeah, speaking of heavy, um, (laughs) my next book is Under a Painted Sky by Stacey Lee. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I opened it up and it starts in Medias medias Res? In Medias Res? In Medias, in the middle of the action, as we will translate to English, um, which is typically something that I don't really enjoy as a literary, uh, technique, but anyway, I digress. Uh, and you find out that uh, the main character has accidentally murdered a person, um, but it's because that he had tried to sexually assault her. And so from there, we uh, time jump back to the morning before the attack. And we, we find out, like, you know, she's, she's just this girl who's living... The, oh, sorry, Samantha. Mm-hmm. Our main character is Samantha. She's 15, living on the frontier with her father. And um, everything's, you know, pretty pretty okay. Uh, they have a little general store. They, they face uh, some racism within their town, but it's, I guess, a tolerable amount. That because they Samantha and her family are Chinese. Oh, oh yes. Yes, oh, there we go. Yeah. Sorry. I, there's a lot I'm not elaborating on. Yeah. Um, Samantha and her father are Chinese. Could, um, her... Honestly, could, could, could be any um, demographic, honestly. <laughs> Quite possibly. Um, oh, and that's something I meant to mention when I was talking about the journal of Wang Ming Chung. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things they mentioned is that there was a law that actually said that like only testimony from a white person was admissible in court. Mm-hmm. So even if any of the Chinese miners ex- any kind of like you know attacks whatever they, they, they couldn't attest to it in court but I digress so that's just kind of setting the background for part of why the West was really horrible for people who weren't white um, and so they're going along everything's fine she goes out um, to just like take care of some chores and she comes back and their store is on fire uh, her father was inside he was not able to get out and the proprietor of the store was nearby uh, and recognized the salmon. And he's like, hey, I'll give you a place to stay for the night. Um, you know, I understand, like, this is clearly very hard for you. And so she goes to his establishment and uh, she is, like, you know, taking a bath, whatever, like that, getting ready. And that's when he comes in and tries to assault her. So she assaults him mm-hmm. and uh, accidentally murders him. And that's when Anna Mae enters. Mm -hmm. And so she's actually uh, the landlord's slave, or I guess technically was since he's now deceased. Mm -hmm. Um, And she was actually supposed to be catching a freedom train that night, but her plan got uh, thrown for a loop because Samantha arrived and she had to do all these extra chores now for Sam. So once she sees the scene, she's like, hmm, well... We're running. Because <laughs> she's like, you know, what are we, like, how are we going to testify against anything that's going on? She's like, yeah, we're getting out. She's like, I was about to run anyway, so I guess the Lord had this in mind instead. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Sam and Anime are off. Uh, but the thing is, is like, you know, they're not only a black character and a Chinese character, but they are both women. Mm-hmm. So in order to try and gain some form of power, they disguise themselves as young men. Mm-hmm. Shortly after uh, their 
their escape, they uh, encounter some young cowboys who uh, happen upon them when they're cooking their snake that they found. Mm -hmm. And so they have to, you know, put on their their real shroud. Like, that's like when everything, like, really starts. And they end up traveling with them. Uh, And it just becomes the three cowboys and the two girls in the skies making their way across the West. Uh, Some of them say they're going to be the Argonauts who are searching for the gold and the mountain and... Anime is really just trying to get reunited with her brother, who is supposed who is supposed to have been waiting for her along the way with the, the um, freedom train. Mm-hmm. It's a very good book. Uh, a lot of action takes place. I didn't necessarily see some of the twists and turns. I do think it is unfortunately a little bit more tragic of a tale than I would have went with. Mm-hmm. But I am not Stacy Lee, the author, and so she has her decisions for making that. So. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I thought that it was a very fun story from a perspective that I haven't necessarily read before. Uh, and just made for a lot of fun. I'd recommend this book to someone who's looking for a Western, of course. Mm-hmm. But uh, maybe something that is... I don't, I don't know. I guess it's like... It's not a thriller. I don't know how to describe the Adventure? Genre. Adventure. Hey, hey, yeah, yeah. It's like... <laughs> it, it's it's the Hobbit without any of the fantastical. <laughs> there and back again. All right. That Under analogy, a painted sky. That, that will work. The analogy will work. That'll do. Yeah. All right. So, my last book is another nonfiction. I read uh, Pioneer Women, The Lives of Women on the Frontier by Linda Peavy. And this was a nice book to read. Um, And this is another um, pretty good introduction to the topic at hand, which is Pioneer Women and Frontier Life. Uh, It's got a lot of great photos, some that I've never seen before. Um, I really like the cover photo. Yeah, she's cute. That is good. Yep. And then the... Woman and uh, her child standing in a wheat field. Yep. And then the um, first photo you see when you open up to the text. I've never seen that one before, so I just thought that was also oh, cute. Oh, yeah. A woman washing her baby. Yep. Baby's a little bit blurry because they're wiggly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it kind of gives it like a little bit of an angelic appearance, yeah. though. Like that soft lightness. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I especially enjoyed about the book is that the author made a point to be inclusive. Um, she talks you know, specifically about African-American women, Mexican-American women, Native American women, Chinese women. Um, it's a book that's mainly centered around white Anglo-American pioneers or European immigrants. Um, but it's great that she also has sections where she talks about, uh, you know, specifically like, this is what these groups of women did. This is how they lived. Uh, this is how they differed from this group. Um, and it is more of a general overview uh, than an in-depth look at the subject of pioneer women, um, but I think it's one that's interesting and entertaining. So if you're um, doing some sort of project about the subject, or if you're you know doing some homeschooling, or um, trying to just find more info on the topic, I think this is a this is a good place to start. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with Pioneer Woman. No. <laughs> not not Re Drummond of um, Food Network fame. <laughs> and I think that was that was our last book. Yes, together yes. Too? Yeah, so yep. we're all, all right. Our next month is genre will be Mysteries. Yes, mysteries. I was seeing just if you remembered. <laughs> <I was waiting. laughs> um yeah, 
So we're gonna see what mysteries we can dig up. Yeah, see if, see if we can find anything spooky. Yep. Alright, so thank you for listening. Appreciate and, it. And we'll see you next month. Take care. Yep.